Would you please stand as, as you are able as we read the scripture for the day from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. You may be seated. <clears throat> I've told some of you in recent weeks uh, this story. Today we're looking at how we're called to have a different understanding of others, a different way of looking at other people. Outside, I wanted to go to the movie. I wanted to see the new Indiana Jones movie. And so I went to the local theater here and I went up to the window. And as I was walking to the window, I said, I'm going to ask for the senior discount for this movie. Never done that before. I'm all in. So I'm going to do that. So I walk up and I say, I would like one to Indiana Jones. And immediately the young man turned the screen around for me to see what seat I wanted to have. And he started clicking away on the keyboard before I had a chance to say anything. So I said, well, wait, I'd like to have the senior discount. And he stopped and he looked at me and he says, well, yeah. <laughs> I started laughing so hard I could not quit laughing. That was the most respectful Duh, I've ever heard in my life. It made me very conscious of how he looked at me and how he saw me. And I realized I've probably been getting that discount for a long time. Just never had asked for it. At the early service today, we bless the backpacks for our preschool students who start to school this week. And it was fitting on a day that we talk about this. Because when we're little, we start out, we just kind of look at each other differently, don't we? Kids just see other kids. They're just friends or their neighbors or their classmates. They don't judge or make assumptions or worry about any differences. They're just kids. But somewhere along the way, life teaches us to be different than that, doesn't it? It's a slow process, a subtle process. It happens little by little. But we begin to believe that we are supposed to be ever vigilant about any differences there are between us and someone else. But that's what we're supposed to look at. That's what we're supposed to see. When I was in college... I was on the staff of a, a rural church outside of Little Rock where I went to school. And on my first day there, I met a family that uh, had been in that church for a long time. There were three generations attending at that moment in time. 
And the matriarch of that family was um, an interesting person. She had really wild hair and she dressed really wild and she seems just so eccentric to me. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting person. But as a 20-year-old, I just kind of said, well, kind of wrote her off. But I was soon very humbled because I came to realize that this eccentric woman was one of the most profound followers of Jesus I had ever known. And she had spiritual depth and spiritual insight that put me to shame. And it was one of those moments where I realized that in spite of the wonderful upbringing by my uh, spiritual parents in a great church, the world had swayed me to where I looked at people the world's way and not through the eyes of God. We tend to fall prey to that, don't we? And we begin to just see people in these dichotomies. Somebody is good or bad, or worthy or unworthy. Someone is worthy of our respect or not worthy of our respect. And all of those ways of looking at people lead us ultimately to the decision that we think we get to make, that someone is lovable or unlovable. And once we make that decision, we don't see any need to have compassion. We don't see any need to love one another. One of the worst things that the world gets us to do is we look at other people in comparison to ourselves and we say well they didn't work as hard as I did or they weren't as faithful as I am or they didn't make the decisions I made and I don't know about you but I've found whenever I'm doing that it's not a very realistic view of myself that I'm using <laughs> it's a understanding of myself where all of my mistakes have been redacted out and all of my bad decisions have been erased Right? The world calls us to look at people in a way that only shows the differences, that only separates us. But God, God calls us to something else. God, who has every reason to judge all of us harshly, chooses a totally different way to look at us. And to understand us. God chooses to look at each and every one of us. As a precious child of God. A person of sacred worth. And we know this to be true. Because of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus came and gave his very life. For each and every one of us. And we know this to be true. Because Jesus taught us that it was true. And one of the best places to see what Jesus taught us about how we should understand each other and look at each other is in the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Did you catch the first verse? The context of these three stories 
lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son, take place because, as Luke says, all of the tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to Jesus to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes didn't like that one bit. They said, this man, this fellow, Luke says, welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus knows what they're thinking. And so Jesus tells this story. Which one of you? I love this story and I love this chapter because from the very opening words of Jesus, he puts the Pharisees and the scribes on the spot. And he never lets his foot up off the gas. <laughs> he just keeps going. Which one of you? who has a hundred sheep and loses one, would not leave the ninety-nine and go find the one. Which one of you, when they find the one, wouldn't place it on their shoulders and rejoice all the way home? Apparently it's hard to herd one sheep, so you got to pick them up and carry them home. Which one of you, Jesus says, would not call all your friends and neighbors and relatives together to celebrate with you that the one was found. Jesus says, I tell you there is more joy in heaven over the one than over the 99. Wow. We can think of people in lots of different ways, but... Jesus wants to make sure we understand that the way Jesus looks at people is that even when they're off, and maybe especially when they're off, lost, wandering, searching, that God loves us even more. And the question that Jesus is posing to these Pharisees and scribes is this, will they join the celebration? Can they be happy about a God that loves each and every person like that? To make the point even more powerful, Jesus casts Jesus as a shepherd in this story. I learned something new. I love to learn new things when I'm studying. Uh, Alan Culpepper, who's a, a great New Testament scholar, uh, is writing about this text. And he says that in Jesus' day, the rabbis had produced a list. There's something about us religious folks, we love lists, don't we? The rabbis had a list, and this was the name of the list. I wrote it down so I'd get it just right. The list of despised trades. The list of jobs that made you a despised person. It was interesting some of the trades that were on that list. Camel drivers. Guess you couldn't trust a camel driver in those days. I don't know. Sailors. Gamblers with dice. Not just gamblers, but specifically gamblers with dice. Tax collectors. And shepherds. 
You get Jesus' point? If the Pharisees were unhappy with Jesus before he ever opened his mouth and started telling this story, think how happy they are now. <laughs> he has told a story where Jesus fills the role of someone on the list. And Jesus says that God celebrates with those like the tax collectors that they look down upon. They are not happy at all. I'm sure they are asking themselves, God certainly couldn't look at a tax collector the same way God looks at me, right? And Jesus says, that's the point. God looks at all of us the same way. God's Spirit is gracious to all of us. Even those that are looked down upon and despised by others. In fact, Jesus says, those are the very ones that are celebrated in God's love. When the one comes to realize how much God loves them, there is joy in heaven. God celebrates that, not those who take a world's eye view of each other. Jesus is trying to get those Pharisees and scribes, and I believe trying to get the berries and all of us to understand that when we can't see others as God's children of sacred worth, we miss out on what God is up to in the world. If our sense of our own righteousness blinds us to those around us, to the worth of others, then even our righteousness becomes a barrier in our relationship with God. It becomes a hindrance to us experiencing the very thing we want the most, which is to live in the kingdom. I love these three stories in Luke chapter 15 because they're in such stark contrast to the world. They are calling us to be different. The world says, what's one sheep? The world says, what's one coin? The world says, what's one wayward kid? But Jesus calls us to see each and every one as the subject of God's love. Jesus calls us to be different and look at each other and understand each other like that. When we are able to look at each other, to look at others in the world through God's eyes, then God can use us to help all those other people find their way home. To not be lost anymore, but to be found and to join the celebration. Let's hear that call and let's be different. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.